I'm Lee Jazzies, and you're listening to the Euro Trip podcast. Hi, I'm Astro Begovic, and you're watching Euro Trips. Hello, and welcome to the Euro Trips podcast. I'm your host, Andy, and we are back this week for more talk about all things European football and a bit of internationals as well. Um, alongside me today, I've got two of my regulars. I've got with me Jonathan and Naeem. How are you, boys? I'm good. Yeah, I'm all right, mate. I'm good here. Good stuff, good stuff. Uh, we are missing Ryan and Alex at the moment. If they are to join the podcast, you will hear them at some point for the rest of this podcast. But in the meantime, let's head to our first league. And for this week, our first league we're covering is the Premier League. Um, this week was a bit limited due to the FA Cup fixtures, but in terms of the Premier League, one of the games of the season, in my opinion, saw Wolves take on Leeds, and Leeds won 3-2 despite being two goals down. Uh, first half, Wolves completely controlled it, really until Leeds scored, until the crucial moment was a red card to Raul Jimenez. So they took the lead, 2-0 lead through goals from Johnny Castro and Trincao, and then the red card happened, which in my opinion was... Probably not a red card. And then um, three goals then came from uh, Jack Harrison, Rodrigo, before a last-minute winner from Luke Ayling. On that matter, I did see, uh, I think it was definitely Saturday, if not Sunday, the highest-ranked point scorer on fantasy football was a guy who triple-captained Luke Ayling, which I always thought was a very bold pick, but obviously it's worked. Um, on, on a Saturday, only one game this Saturday in the Premier League, that's where Arsenal get a crucial 1-0 win away at Aston Villa. The only goal came from Bukayo Saka before um, Sunday saw two games. Uh, it first of all saw Le- Leicester beat West Ham, sorry, beat Brentford 2-1. Um, two great goals from both Timothy Castagna and J- James Madison before a late consolation from Visa. Before the other game saw the Spurs beat West Ham 3-1. An own goal from Kazuma was followed by goals from, uh, two goals from Hyung Min Son. And there was a goal from Ben Rama in between that as well. But, of course, the main focus, one of the main focuses of the weekend, came in the FA Cup. Now, um, in terms of the weekend, no real shocks. Uh, it was all sort of normal series assumed. So, in terms of that, on the Saturday, a sort of... On a, on a Saturday, um, the game was Chelsea. Um, so no, on Sunday, Palace beat Everton 4-0. Liverpool beat Forest 1-0. And Man City beat Southampton 4-0. And then the other game saw Chelsea get a 2-0 win at Middlesbrough to stop their amazing run at the Riverside Stadium. So that leads to the semi-final. And that semi-final, we'll see Chelsea take on Palace. And Liverpool take on Man City, which is obviously the highlight of the two. Um, there are some question marks over whether we will see this game at Wembley with for some reason the train there's no trains running on the weekend from Manchester or Liverpool to Wembley um, there's some sort of maintenance going on so I'm not sure how they're going to work that around I mean I don't know whether they're going to do what it did in the old days and have neutral venues like we saw with the famous gigs goal against Arsenal in the semi-final that was played at Villa Park I remember we beat Chelsea at Old Trafford in the semi-final we all we all read which we never never do at Old Trafford so it's yeah, it's interesting what will happen with that. Um, uh, it'll be, yeah, I think personally though they'll probably play a neutral venue, and my guess will probably be something like Old Trafford, something like, I don't know, where even West Ham Stadium, if not Wembley, not Wembley, um, or, or Villa Park, or something like that. Um, so it is interesting to see what happens, uh, but it has been a very quiet week in the Premier League in terms of on the field stuff, and there's not really, I can think of, much else to report. Oh, we will go, obviously later on go on to the draw for the Champions League, which took place uh, last week. And there are some interesting ties there. Um, but let's move on because 
the Premier League has been one of his least eventful this week. So we will head now to Germany. Germany. So, um, Jonathan, what's been happening the last seven days in the German football? Well, it was another interesting weekend and it started out with Gladbach playing BF, VFL Bochum. Um, they actually ended up winning the game. It was just announced that Gladbach was given the win as a fan threw a drink onto the pitch. It hit a referee with about 19 minutes remaining. Um, game was suspended. There were talks that they were going to finish those 19 minutes in April, something crazy like that. But Gladbach pretty much controlled you know, the pace for much of the game and that they were going to get all three points from it. So they were finally, it was finally just announced that they would be awarded um, the win, which is, which is big for them and their hopes of not getting relegated, especially with, with the type of squad that they have. But, um, you know, unfortunate display there from a Bochum fan, but um, it is what it is. There's things that happen in football, you know, you usually see it in France or something, not, not in Germany, but um, glad to see the referee is okay. Mainz destroyed Bielefeld. Uh, they had three penalties, won 4-0 comfortably. A big win for Stuttgart. They won 3-2 against Augsburg, which is possibly the most important game of the weekend for the relegation battle, as both teams are right there at the bottom, and a massive, massive win for them. Um, and they, they need stuff like this. They need all three points that can't stop they can't keep settling for those, you know, ties and just getting one point out of these games when they're actually playing pretty well. Um, they've got a lot of offensive firepower, and I do believe at the end of the day, Stuttgart will stay up. Relegation battle is tight. There's there's one point that separates a few teams at the bottom there. I still believe Hertha will go down. They somehow shockingly beat Hoffenheim. I, I didn't watch the game, but I was... Completely surprised to see the scoreline when they won 3-0. Um, and if you look at Hertha's schedule, they have three games in a row in April where they play Augsburg, Stuttgart, and Bielefeld. Three other teams are sort of battling with down at the bottom. They play those teams three three weeks in a row. So they must take advantage of that little stretch there. Um, Felix Magath will return from covid uh, You never know, but I still, I still want to peg at least Hertha getting into that third place um, at the bottom of their promotion playoff spot. Um, but we'll see what happens. I still don't like their chances. Bayern absolutely rocked Union Berlin 4-0. Lewandowski was a doubt coming into the game. He did end up playing and, of course, scored again. Uh, it was sort of a weird game between Leipzig and Frankfurt. They tied 0-0. was hoping for a lot of goals. Nothing really came about. I mean, gosh, Leipzig had so many chances that they just couldn't finish. Um, one of the first games in quite some, some quite some time, and Kunku didn't have a goal or assist to his name. A terrible tie for Freiburg against Firth. This has been Freiburg's main problem through the years. It's just playing down to their opponents, and Firth is by far the worst team in the league. And to just tie nil-nil in, in such a boring game as it was is unfortunate. Roland Schalai, you know, hit the bar at one point. And, you know, they did have a couple opportunities, and so did Firth as well, but... Freiburg did deserve the three points and just couldn't get it. And if they really want that fourth fourth place Champions League spot, they got to get three points, especially from the worst team in the league. Leverkusen beat Wolfsburg 2-0. I was a bit surprised by this as well. Leverkusen have such a depleted squad at the moment. No Frimpong, no Verts, no Schick. Um, and they're actually right back replacement for Frimpong was also out for a couple of weeks. But Paulinho scored a brace. And that first goal he had was was pretty impressive. 
And a big win for Leverkusen. Wolfsburg should have done better against such a depleted squad. Dortmund tied with Cologne 1-1. Classic Dortmund again. They just haven't been able to score. That's one goal in each of the last four games, which is unlike this Dortmund side who most believe are going to score a lot and also give up a lot at the back end. So not a, not a good tie there. And you know, that pretty much puts them out of Bayern's reach. Close to signing, you know, IX midfielder Ryan Gravana-Birch. Definitely mispronounced that. Uh, for about 25 million euros, they're proposing 10, 15 million euros as a fee with 10 or 15 million add-ons. Ajax still don't feel like that's enough, but it looks like the deal will will get closed sometime soon here. Brian Bobby's been in the news a little bit lately. He, of course, was at RB Leipzig. He came over from Ajax um, this past season and is now back at Ajax on a loan, and he stated to reporters that he doesn't want to go back to Leipzig. There's no you know, buyback clause in the loan deal with Ajax, but he's already said he doesn't want to go back to Leipzig. It was a mistake in going in there. He wants to get back uh, in Ajax's squad for the long term, and we'll see what happens there. And speaking of Leipzig, um, Marcel Sabitzer has also you know, been making the rounds. He's reports are that he's really disappointed with Julian Nagelsmann. You know, he doesn't really have <laughs> any you know, notable moments this season. I still don't think he has a goal or assist to his name in any competition. Um, you know, he has had some playing time, especially when Kimmich and Goretzka were injured at the same time, but he's just not fit in. He was a Bayern fan growing up, and you know, they really thought that this guy has been at Leipzig for so many years, and you know, the captain material was going to fit in in the midfield and just hasn't done so. So we'll see what happens there. Manuel Akanji and Anthony Modest, uh, you know, rumors are that they'll both be looking for new challenges as well, which is big for Modest as, as he's such a big, big piece of that clone team. Uh, Champions League, Bayern drew Villarreal. Um, pretty decent draw for them, but at the same time, Villarreal are a sneaky team. If you like Emery... Um, you know, is going to come up with a good game plan, and they'll keep it look close, at least a little closer than Salzburg kept it. Frankfurt drew Barcelona, which is hilarious. Uh, they actually retweeted the scoreline of El Clasico when Barcelona destroyed Madrid, and just put a couple of hilarious emojis next to it, like they got to face that, and, and Barcelona's on a roll right now. Leipzig has Atalanta. Expect a lot of goals from that game, so that that'll be a fun draw. Um. And just, just some personal news. I'm planning to go to an Atletico Madrid game next weekend. That'll be my first European football game. Very excited about that. Wow, yeah, that'll be good. That'll be so good. Yes, I'm, I'm so excited. Got Just got the tickets. Um, really, really pumped about that. I'm still trying to get to a DFB Pokal game in Hamburg in uh, mid to late April, but tickets for that are a tough come about. And I'm still also trying to get to a Get to a Freiburg game in late April as well. So we'll see what happens. But going to Atletico next weekend, I'll, I'll let you know, boys know how that goes. And, yeah, it's going to be a good time. Yeah, well, we, we might as well go on to that now whilst we're here. Um, the draws have been made for the Champions League, Europa League, and also the Europa Conference League. So in the Champions League, uh, Liverpool drew Benfica. City drew Atletico Madrid. Villarreal, as you said, drew Bayern. And Chelsea drew Real Madrid. And... For the semi-finals, the winners of Benfica-Liverpool will play the winners of Villarreal by Munich. And um, 
Man City and Atletico Madrid, the winners of that game, play the winners of Chelsea against Real Madrid. Now, in terms of the Europa League, as you mentioned before, um, it will be Barcelona. And they will be playing Eintracht Frankfurt, as well as Rangers playing Braga, Lyon play West Ham, and Atlanta play RB Leipzig. I believe the winners of RB Leipzig, Atlanta will play Rangers Braga, and the winners of Lyon West Ham will play Barca Frankfurt, which means for the British fan, it's very exciting because we could see one of West Ham Barca in the semi, or Barca Rangers or West Ham Rangers in the final, if it gets to that point. So I think for Brit, I mean, I remember watch, I watched the West Ham Severe game, and there seems to be a great spirit with West Ham and the David Moyes, and um, I think there could be a dark horse for this tournament. Um, and then finally, just going to have a look at the, I've not actually checked these, Europa Conference League fixtures. Um, so let's have a look at these now. So, um, apologies, listeners. Uh, PSV face Leicester City. Uh, Panther Michael face, face Marseille. Slavia Prague face Feyenoord. And Roma face Bono Glimt, who, of course, we saw play um, on our channel. Um, so, yeah, it's an exciting time to know this tournament. Obviously, British teams involved in all three. Just want to get a quick um, word from both of you here whilst you're here. Um, we'll go for the Champions League and then we'll go Europa League after that. Um, and we'll go, might as well go Conference League while we're there. What's your prediction? What's your prediction for what the final is going to be in the Champions League? So, for example, I'm going to go for um, a Bayern Munich-Man City final in the Champions League. Um, Naeem, what are your thoughts? What's your prediction? I'm going to go with, well, I can't remember how many podcasts ago it was. I said Liverpool would probably win the Champions League. So I'm going to, I reckon Liverpool will get to the final and they will play, I think it might be Man City. Yeah, I think it might be all English again. So yeah, I want to go Liverpool-Man City. I mean, I mean, obviously, if that were to happen, and obviously, we that's a great, that's a great for the neutral fan. That's a great trilogy of games. If you got the league game, the FA Cup final, if both teams win, and also the a Champions League final, that would be something else for the British fan. And I think that would be um, even for the European fan. I mean, these probably are the best two teams in Europe right now. Um, yep. And I think, you know. That that would be exciting. But Jonathan, what do you think the final is going to be? I'm going to agree with you, Andy. I think Bayern Man City will be the final, and, and Bayern just going to snip them in the end. But yeah, I was about, I was about to say the same thing. I mean, Liverpool and Man City have a chance to play several times in April, and that's that's going to be pretty exciting. Yeah, definitely. Um, let's head to the um, Europa League. So, in terms of the final for that. I think, for me, Barcelona are going to win the whole thing. They're in such good form. Xavi's really got them playing back their best. More on that in a little bit later on. Um, and I think the other side of the draw, it's a shame West Ham are on that side. I think I really would have backed the West ham Barcelona final. Um, so I'm going to go for a Atalanta-Barcelona final. Um, let's go back to you, Jonathan, first of all. Um, what's your predictions for the final of this tournament? I'm going to go Leipzig, uh, Barcelona, and mm-hmm. I might have to agree with you there. I mean, if Barca continue to stay in this form, I don't see anybody knocking them out of this competition. But um, Leipzig have really turned things around the second half of the season, and they're playing pretty well as well. And then Naeem? Yeah, I want to go with Barcelona, and they'll probably play 
I'll go with I'll go with Rangers. Ooh, Rangers. That would, that would be good. I'm not going to lie. That would be good. Um, then, of course, the European Conference League will see Leicester or PSV take on Bodo, Glimt or Roma in the semi-final. And we'll see the final or Slavia Prague against Monaco or Panthenikos. For me, I'm going to be a bit biased because I've just seen a game at Marseille Stadium. It was an amazing experience. So, um, And I like the way they played. So I'm going to go for a Marseille... Um, you know what? I'm gonna be. I'm gonna give them a shock here. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna say Bodo Glimt. I thought when we watch him play Roma, you know, they stunned. They looked really good at times. Sold back and scored a wonderful goal. I just think you know they got to this point. And it can't be that bad. And I think that um, I think Brendan Rodgers hasn't got the best European record. I know he's got to this quarterfinal, but that's after being knocked out of Europa League. Um, Jose Mourinho, you could argue Tammy Abraham's in great form. I wouldn't be shocked if it's Roma, but I'm gonna be a bit. Um, bold here. I'm going to say a Marseille Bodo Glimt final. Um, Naim, what's your predictions for the what you think the final will be for this for this tournament? Um, I'm going to go with. Let's see, I'll probably yeah Marseille. They did look good to be fair when we watched them. So I reckon yeah Marseille against PSV. Mm-hmm. And Jonathan? Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Marseille versus PSV. Um, I mean, just looking at the, the table in there, Divisi, I mean, they're two points behind Ajax. They've won a bunch of games in the in a row. So I'll definitely go with PSV. I, I can almost, I almost feel like it's a guarantee that Leicester's getting out in the first round. <laughs> yeah, I'd agree. I'd agree. I think from Roger's time at Liverpool, from his time at Celtic to his time at Rangers, not Rangers, at Leicester, um, every time he's been in a club, whenever he's got to Europe, he's always struggled. I think I'm a big fan of Rogers. I'm always... I always back Rogers to the day I die, but for in terms of European pedigree, it's not great. So I, I, I wouldn't be shocked whatsoever. Um, so the next next thing we're focusing on is the events in Spain, and there was a very big result that happened on the Sunday. So Naim, what's been happening in the last seven days in Spain? Yeah, so obviously El Clasico was the last game on the weekend, so I'll I'll touch on that last. But, yeah, so kicking off this weekend, uh, on Friday, we had Athletic Club. They took on Getafe. And the points were actually shared in this game. It ended 1-1. But Getafe goalkeeper, David Soria, he made 10 saves in the game. So he was obviously man of the match. This ultimately stopped Athletic Club closing the gap on Real Sociedad for that last European spot. So, you know, man of the match there. They've done well there to get them a point. Next game was a relegation six-pointer, which saw Deportivo take on Granada. There was five goals in this game. Um, it was actually, in this game, it was actually Granada's first win. They, they managed to win 3-2 in the end. So it was the first win in 2022. Deportivo actually did have the chance to make it 1-0 in the 25th minute, but Hossolu's penalty was saved. Granada then opened the scoring early in the second half. Thanks to Sergio Escudero with a nice well-taken goal from inside the box. This was obviously before two quick goals within four minutes for Deportivo, making it 2-1. However, this would be the last action of the game as Granada would get two, two goals to obviously secure the 3-2 win thanks to Poetas and Luis Suarez. Um, so, yeah, like I was saying before, this is obviously Granada's first win in 2022. And their first win in the league since the 22nd of December. So, 
Obviously, that was massive points for them as they was on a crazy winless run. Obviously, dating back to obviously uh, December, so crucial three points there for them. And yeah, we'll see what they can do for the rest of the season if they can pick up any form. Next game was Osasuna. They took on the um, struggling Levante, obviously still rock bottom in the league. They got beaten 3-1. Obviously, goals from Chimi Avila, who signed a new four-year deal earlier in the week. Budimir and Brasenac made it 3-0 before late on in the game. Roger Marti got a consolation goal for Levante. So, I'll quickly just round up the other results because there wasn't too much goals in those games and quite, quite a few draws here and there. So, Raya Vallecano, they took on Atletico Madrid. The only goal in the game came from Cocave and assist from Joe Felix, who's been in good form um, from the start turn of this year. He's, he's, been, he's been doing well. So they got a, a 1 0 win to obviously close the gap on Sevilla. Espanyol, they took on Mallorca and they got a 1 0 win thanks to their league's top goal scorer, Raul de Thomas. He got a goal before half time to obviously secure, secure the win for them. Celta Vigo, they played out a 0 0 draw with. With Real Betis, so not too much to report on there. Um, quite, quite a shocking result. So obviously Cadiz, they're obviously struggling in the league as well this season. They've been in a relegation zone for a number of weeks. They got a one-nil win against Villarreal. They did have the better chances, but they obviously came in the 90th minute thanks to Ruben Sobrino. So crucial three points there for them as they're obviously down at the bottom of the table. Sevilla, they took on Real Sociedad, and surprise, surprise, they drew another game. So, like I was saying before, they've been drawing a lot of games away from home. This time, obviously, they were at home and they played out a nil-nil draw. This is their fifth draw, in, sorry, the fourth draw in five league games. So they've they've been dropping quite a lot of points recently, and obviously, they've recently got knocked out of the Europa League um, a week ago by West Ham. And it was the last game of the weekend, what Andy, Andy has mentioned, was El Clasico, which was obviously taking place at the Bernabeu. Real Madrid, they were um, wearing all black as they celebrated the 120th anniversary, which was on the 6th of March. This, this would be kind of like an omen to obviously the way the performance would go, as they got beaten 4-0 by Barcelona, with Bamian getting on the score sheet twice. Ferran Torres also scoring, and Ronald Arugio got another goal there. So, yeah, like I was saying, yeah, Roman, I didn't actually get to see the game, but I managed to watch some extended highlights, and, yeah, Barcelona, they, they did destroy Real Madrid. And uh, the last time they did have a heavy defeat like this, Real Madrid against Barcelona in El Clasico, was at home uh, back in 2015, and... Um, in that game, Luis Suarez got a brace as well, same same way Bramian did. So, there's obviously Real Madrid's first loss in quite a while. Um, and yeah, before the game started, they didn't have Benzema in the team. But I didn't think that they would, you know, go, go on and lose 4-0. I know they got a bit of a lead gap at the top of the table, so it, it, it can happen. But to lose to your fiercest rivals at home 4-0 is it's not, not very good. And... Yeah, like Barcelona, they 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 they've been been on a good run, you know. They haven't. I think the last time they lost a the game was um, in December. They've and since then they've got nine wins and four draws in the league. So, yeah, the turnaround what Xavi has done, although obviously this isn't this isn't his full team yet, 
you know, obviously he's only he's bought in obviously a Bamiang, he's bought in Ferran Torres and uh, Adama Torre on loan at the moment. So what they do in the summer will be interesting, and yeah, it's just, it was a, a resounding win for them. So yeah, that's what's been going on in the league. I'm not too much to report on. Um, so yeah, I'll just go through the the table at the moment. So obviously rock bottom still was the Van Ader on 19 points. Deportivo, that's the winners in their winners in the last five with picking up two draws in that time. They're on 22 points. And Mallorca, they have obviously dropped down into the relegation zone for the first time. Obviously with their with, with their loss there. Cadiz, they they've they've managed to get out of the relegation zone for the first time this year with obviously crucial crucial win against uh, Villarreal. So they're on 27 points. Obviously they're still not safe yet, but. Obviously, it's a crucial win there. The top six is obviously Real Sociedad. They're on 48 points. Fifth place is Real Betis on 50 points. Uh, fourth place, we have Atletico Madrid on 54 points. Same with Barcelona. And Sevilla, they still remain second, but their, their, their lead is now f- three points from Barcelona Atletico Madrid. So that gap that they had before... A couple of weeks back is slowly, slowly going down. And like I was saying before, I reckon they'll probably finish fourth. And then top of the table is Real Madrid on 66 points. They're still nine points in front of Sevilla. So, yeah, it's a quick little round-up what's been going on. Sevilla drawing more games again. And Real Madrid, although they've lost, they'll still go on and win the league. Yeah, and Barcelona truly seem back. I mean, they'd be, I think they're close to signing Frank Kessie. There's talk of them wanting Erling Haaland and bringing Messi back. So Barcelona seems to be right now in a really good place. And I heard a great um, question asked on the Guardian's weekly football, football podcast, a really good podcast. And they were talking about how Barcelona's improvements happened recently and how Madrid just collapsed without Benzema. So it led me to the question, which I want to ask you both about this. Mm-hmm. Do Real Madrid miss Benzema more than Barcelona miss Messi? I would, I would say so. Yeah, because I was at the start of the start of this season. Obviously, Ronald Koeman was there. You know, Barcelona were in terrible form, and he ultimately got sacked. But you know, since Xavi's been there, I don't, I, I don't think they, I don't think they miss him because you know they, they're getting goals from all all over the pitch. You know, they're not. They're not, they haven't got Messi there to kind of rely on like they did last season when he obviously was their top goal scorer and top assister um, for Barcelona. So, and then obviously with Real Madrid, I, I, I didn't think I didn't think they would get beat the way they they did just without having Benzema. Now you know it's only just one player. I know he's the focal point. Um, he has been like the last couple of years, obviously since Ronaldo has left. So I think they do kind of miss him because they've they've got a good team, but. When Benzema's not dead, the other striking options that they do have, you know, they've got Luka Jovic that, you know, he he hasn't really settled in there. He's he's barely played really since he's come from Frankfurt. And, you know, he, he did obviously last season go out on loan to them for half a season. Didn't really do too much there. So I, I think they do miss him quite a lot and it is ultimate to see. So, yeah, they need to get him back suit, suit quick enough because obviously they've got that Champions League match against Chelsea coming up after the international break. So, yeah, I reckon they do miss him. And the amount of goals he has scored for them this season is hard to replace. But I know Vinicius Junior has been doing well, but 
Yeah, yeah, they, are, they do. They do miss him more than Barcelona miss Messi. Do you agree with that, Jonathan, or are you on the other side of the fence? I agree. If you look at who Benzema and Messi are today, I mean, Real Madrid definitely have to have to miss, miss Benzema more. I mean, the Messi of even just two years ago, I'd uh, give give the edge to Barcelona and say they completely miss him, but. He's been injured so often, even when he has been on the pitch, he hasn't been his usual self. And Benzema is still one of the top three, four players in the world right now. And I can't say at this moment, even when he is healthy, Messi is on that sort of Lewandowski, um, Benzema level. Yeah, and I think um, I will will actually, I'm actually going to write an article on this on the weekend about Benzema. I did a tweet about it about a few weeks ago that he is one of the more the most underrated players of this generation. I think now we've now he's removed from that Ronaldo being on Ronaldo, who um, took all the limelight. Now everyone's really seen the true Benzema that everyone everyone knows he is, and I think he's he's truly blossomed without Ronaldo there, and he's proven to be a bit like Cavani once he didn't have. Um, yeah, I think we, we see players before. You know, we see these players that often shine when they're not. I think when Cavani was next to Zlatan, he often struggled, and he was sort mm-hmm. of. The line that was taken away from him, but I think now we see we saw Cavani at Man U and his latter stage at PSG that everyone saw the player he is. So Benzema, big up Benzema, he's having a great season, a great eighteen months, and he um looks to be um right now probably the second best striker in the world behind Lewandowski, in my opinion. Um, so um, obviously Ryan couldn't make it this week, so we will quickly head to him now and get from him what's been happening in the last seven days in Ligue 1. Well, the biggest result from the weekend saw reigning champions Inter held to a 1-1 draw at the San Siro playing Fiorentina, which now see Inter with just one win in five games, drawing three and losing one, meaning they're now six points behind arch-rivals AC Milan, albeit with that game in hand still. Milan themselves, they bagged all three points away to struggling Cagliari thanks to a former Arsenal youngster Ishmael Benassar scoring in the 56th minute. Napoli, they won 2-1 at home to Udinese. Victor Osimhen, who's currently being linked with a fair few clubs around Europe, he was at the double, meaning they continue to just stay behind AC Milan at the top. On Sunday, we had the Rome derby in which Roma and more specifically Tammy Abraham put in a fantastic performance as they batted Lazio 3-0 with the Englishman bag and a brace. The old lady Juve, they continued their good form in the league, notching their fourth win in a row, beating Salernitana 2-0 out in Turin. The state of play at the moment sees AC Milan out on top with Napoli and Inter chasing. Juve, they comfortably hold fourth place and that final Champions League spot. And down towards the bottom, Salernitana, they're all but doomed. But Genoa, Venezia and Cagliari are all battling it out to stay afloat and to stay in that 17th place spot. All to play for in the league and it's going to be a very interesting end to the season with AC Milan firmly in the driving seat for that Squadetto. So yeah, that has been the uh, conclusion of this week's podcast. A bit of a shorter one with only the three of us this week. But we do look forward to um, bringing you action, uh, bringing you more podcast action next week. Hopefully with four, if not five of us next week, where we are going to bring you a bit of a different podcast than normal. Uh, one of our sort of 
typical ones we normally do in the international breaks. We look forward to bringing you all the action and all our um, thoughts on that next week. So I have been your host, Andy, and this has been Jonathan. This has been Naeem, and we will see you next time. Goodbye, guys.